What's up, me creeps and ghouls? It's me, BP, and welcome to the newest episode of Let's Talk Horror. And this is going to be a fucking good one. So if you're listening now, don't stop listening. Well, actually, stop listening and go and listen to all the other ones first. Because, you know, they're all really good. But this one's going to be fucking fire. So, you know, make sure that you listen to this one and and listen all the way to the end. Because it's, it's going to be fucking brilliant. So let's go. So what are we going to be talking about on the newest episode of Let's Talk Horror? Well, we're going to be talking about The Evil Dead. The franchise that has spawned four awesome movies with a new one on the way, an amazing follow-on TV series in Ash vs. Evil Dead, and also with multiple video games that are actually good and not total shit like so many other games that follow on from movies. And there's a new one on the way which also looks good with returning characters like Bruce Campbell as Ash and some of them from the TV shows and the movies. So it's shaping up to be something that's actually decent. But Evil Dead is now spanning over 40 years and it continues to be one of the most loved franchises of all time, which has also launched the careers of so many incredibly talented people. So why, at Let's Talk Horror, wouldn't we talk about the Evil Dead? So here's how this podcast is going to work. I'm going to speak about all the Evil Dead films in the franchise so far, uh, chronologically, and I'm going to give you a quick synopsis, a quick sort of overview of the film, what it's about, all that sort of stuff. And then I'm going to give you a few facts about it. And then at the end, I'm going to talk about how sort of I feel about these movies and what they mean to me. So obviously, we're going to speak first about the OG of them all, The Evil Dead. So The Evil Dead was released in 1981, with the film focusing on five college students going on what really should have just been a sexy time vacation to a remote cabin in some some spooky shit woods, where they play a found recording which recites passages from the Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead. And then really from then on, things get all kinds of fucked up. And these teens are there, basically to survive the worst night of their life in this shithole of a cabin with nothing but gross-looking dead eyes to try and swallow their souls. So this film would go on to gross nearly $30 million worldwide, which is amazing. And although most would try and get it banned, it was very well critically received and is still one of the most successful independent films of all time. But why and how? Well, here's how. So right at the start, a young director by the name of Sam Raimi directed a short film called Within the Woods. And really, this was to attract potential finances to give him the money to make his real horror movie. And with that, it was originally known back then as The Book of the Dead. But funding was difficult. And eventually, through the help of every dime they could get, they could get off anyone, enough money was raised to start production. And the cast and crew, you know, really would predominantly consist of his friends, for example, longtime friend Bruce Campbell would star and produce along with Rob Tappert, who would also produce and many others would lend their hand in trying to create something special from, you know, really quite literally nothing. You know, they didn't have all this money of these big blockbusters that were around or even some of the other bigger horrors. But, um, but they, you know, they could just basically got everyone that they could on board to help them with it. But quite obviously, there were problems and there were accidents and so many injuries along the way. But as we all know by now, it all paid off. But what I want to speak to you about is, you know, 
what I have to thank the movie for. You know, I remember being a kid, and like I've mentioned in my previous podcast before, having a lot of, you know, the horror VHS tapes at my disposal, thanks to a horror movie-loving uncle and parents who let me really fuck my own brain up. But I remember seeing the cover art for Evil Dead, which was amazing. And, you know, which was a very common occurrence back then for horror films because the VHS releases, you know, the artwork on them were way better than anything else and they always drew me in. So I remember watching it for the first time and thinking, you know, it's fun, it was just fucking sick. And I mean, in the sense that limbs and shit were flying everywhere and there were crazy people flying through the air that they were addicted to pulling out and eating hair, you know, it just blew my mind. Then more I watched it, the more I saw how brilliantly it was made. You know, the film, even back then at that age I was, there were so many cool shots in it that I had no idea how they did it or how, how they made it look so good. You know, how did they make these deadites fly around throwing people like ragdolls? Or how did they do those insane shots of going through the forest and the trees, you know, with that sound making you feel like it felt like something was coming for you. It was incredible to me back then, and it still is today. So as far as I'm concerned, The Evil Dead is not only a statement in how to make a good horror film and to make it effective, but it's a masterpiece in filmmaking in general and should be studied at schools as how to create a film that is constantly thinking outside of the box for maximum effort you know Sam Raimi knew what he was doing even if others thought he didn't but what he made was upon its release something to the likes of things that people had never seen before with regards to the quality and the craftsmanship from all that was involved it will go down his history as one of the greats and is one of the most influential horror films ever made and without it we wouldn't have had so many films that we've had in the past and continue to have now without that film being such a the landmark that it is. So here are five facts about the Evil Dead. So you've got one, the contacts that were used in the film, they were made out of white glass, which meant basically whoever wore them, not only were they blind, but they were in like immense pain the whole time they were wearing them. Two, the shots in the movie where you are the viewer and you're essentially the camera moving through the forest and the water or going through the house were mostly made by the camera being attached to a log and somebody running with it to create a makeshift steady cam. Or it was Sam Raimi on his bike riding into Bruce Campbell. And, you know, as I said earlier, in my view, even today, they look like that they're some of the best shots that have ever been filmed. Number three, Sam Raimi worked himself so hard during Evil Dead, he passed out. And he was basically left there on set until he woke up. Number four, the drugs on set, and you see in the movie, are real. And number five, the most difficult thing about making the movie was not the physical, or the mental pain, or the abuse from Sam Raimi the crew had to go through, but... It was the times that they had to stop shooting and sometimes it was for months at a time just so they could make enough money to shoot the scenes. But hey, in the end, it paid off. 
and look what it's become, look, look what it's achieved. It's one of the greats. So then we move on to The Evil Dead 2, or as I like to call it, the funny one. Is it a remake? Is it not a remake? I mean, yeah, most probably it is. I mean, why wouldn't it be? But who gives a fuck? Because it's amazing. In this second entry, Sam Raimi takes the lead again, with Bruce Campbell starring again, in this tonally very different movie to the first, filled with a lot more outrageous comedy moments, with a lot more special effects, and a lot of blood. In this one, Ash and his girlfriend, Linda, take another sexy vacation to a seemingly abandoned cabin in the woods. While in the cabin, Ash, the silly goose that he is, plays the tape again, reciting passages from the Book of the Dead. I mean, so far it sounds pretty familiar. His woman, Linda, she goes fucking batshit crazy and Ash has to kill her. Bye, Linda. Or is it? Because she comes back to life and tries to sexy dance him and bites his hand, but goes and lops her head right off. So tough shit for her, really. Meanwhile, some other bugger we haven't seen before comes back to her father's cabin and sees some rednecks along the way who basically just join her to make some money to carry her shit. They turn up and they think Ash has killed everyone, but obviously he hasn't, and we know he hasn't. So he gets shoved down in the basement. Uh, where basically they read the passages again because they're fucking idiots. And then you see Henrietta, that really ugly dead-eyed thing with a long neck and fucked up teeth. And the ugly bugger comes around and Ash saves him. So they're like, oh, actually, he didn't kill everyone. He's probably all right. At some point, Ash's hand goes bad and he has to cut it off with a chainsaw. He replaces his hand with a chainsaw and says the classic line, groovy. More shit goes down and Annie realises finally that she can get rid of it by saying more of the shit from the book while Ash is trying to, to fight the fuck out of the Deadites, basically. She reads it but gets stabbed up in the back and dies. Then a portal opens up and sucks everything, including Ash, to the Middle Ages, where it's all fucked up, the end. So that is pretty much Evil Dead 2. You know, it's fucking brilliant. And it's different as well, it, you know, even though it is basically the same story as the first and with extra bits, you know, it is, it's way more slapstick with some incredible effects and some truly memorable scenes, such as, you know, there's a whole scene where there's things like a weird demented deer head that comes to life and then Ash falls off his chair and then there's this little lamp that thinks it's all just fucking hilarious. And then obviously you've got the hand cutting scene, which is... You know, it's just a classic and it's so memorable. And then the gore is there in a big way. And with the extra budget that they got, you can see that they used every penny as well as they could. And the film looks great. And the cinematography is top level again. With Sam Raimi using his adaptive and his amazing, you know, directive skills to push the film to lengths that we've never seen before. You know, Bruce Campbell gets fucked up in this film big time. And the other parts are played as cheesy, you know, as as you can get. But in a good way, because it suits the film. Evil Dead 2 is another perfect entry into this Evil Dead film continuation. Because, you know, it's something different and it, and it feels like the first. But pretty much because it is. Because it is it's definitely a remake. So here are five facts about The Evil Dead 2. One, the film got made because Stephen King said so. Two, 
knowing that the film would basically probably get either an X rating or it would get banned, they basically had to make their own company. The company was named the Rosebud Releasing Corporation. And that basically allowed them to distribute the film without a rating. Three, Freddy Krueger's glove is in the movie. Four, a rat that was in the cabin was named by the crew Senor Cajones, which is Spanish for Mr. Testicles. And five, the smoke coming from the chainsaw when you see it is actually cigarette smoke. So now we move on to another classic of the series, The Army of Darkness. So this is the third of Sam Raimi's Evil Dead movie trilogy. And again, it's something different, but even more so than Evil Dead 2 this time. This time, we get an action adventure with some sort of friendly horror elements in it. This is released in 1992 and the film again stars the legendary Bruce Campbell. Obviously trapped in time, well in the Middle Ages. And at the start, Ash is captured in this time by Lord Arthur, who believes that he's one of Red's men, who is basically Lord Arthur's sworn enemy, as well as the Deadites, obviously, of this time. After Ash shows his skills and his boomstick, they realise that he's the prophesied one and an overall general badass. So they send him off to go and get the fucking Necronomicon again. But because he's an absolute bumbling moron... He says the words wrong and shit hits the fan and then Deadites arise more so than ever. Ash has to fight little versions of himself before he grows another him from himself and then evil Ash is born. But then he ends up shooting him in the face and presumes him dead. But then obviously he's not going to be fucking dead, is he? So he comes back and he forms an army of Deadites where they go and attack the castle to get the Necronomicon. Back. And then basically they're trying to rule the world, but obviously not with Ash around. A big battle commences, which ends with Ash sending Evil Ash to space with the help of some gunpowder. And then this is where it gets complicated. So depending on which ending you've seen or which one you like, Ash is told to drink the potion correctly. And if he does, he will head back to his time. Now, one or two things happens. Either you have seen or prefer the one where he drinks the potion but ends up sleeping too long. Because he's a fucking idiot. Where basically he wakes up and the world is ended. And there's nothing but basically chaos and destruction. And the end films of him just screaming that, you know, it's all fucked. Or you've seen the ending where he takes the potion and it fades back to him in present day where he's still working at SMR. Where he's telling Bridget Fonda all about the shit that went down. But then suddenly one of the choppers turns into a dead eye and Ash has to shoot the shit out of her. And then he goes, hail to the king, baby. So which end do you prefer? I mean, I actually prefer the ending in S-Mart. Because I feel like it, it suits the movie more. You know, the, the ending that it was meant to be is the darker one, the, the post-apocalyptic one. And I know a lot of people do prefer that one more, but I just feel like the S-Mart one sort of... <laughs> you know, captures what that movie, what Army Darkness is trying to be a little bit more. I find it way more entertaining. And it's sort of like now is is sort of one of those bits where I'm like, I would have loved, you know, a Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, Evil Dead movie to carry on from. Um, but, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there who do prefer 
um, you know, that version of it. So, you know, we're all, we're all there for our own interpretations of it. Um, but it's cool to have, you know, two different endings to such a great movie. And as I said, this film is completely different to Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2. But once again, it's still a worthy entry to this franchise that shows Sam Raimi's brilliant directing and an, an amazing standout performance from Bruce Campbell. And obviously not to mention the amazing, the amazing special effects work and all the stop motion characters that still look amazing and have that sort of sen- certain sense of charm to them that you don't really get with CGI. But overall, it's a great film that deserves to be part of this original trilogy. I mean, I remember having to wait for this to be released in the UK. And I had it on VHS way before. And I watched it all the time. But it took so long for it to come out on DVD over here. And I remember having to pre-order it. And going to the shop and picking it up. And going home and watching the special features actually before I watched the movie um, because I've seen it so many times by then and it was a great experience to see sort of what went on behind the scenes um, and then watching them film again so like the other Evil Dead it holds sort of a warm place in my heart and there's a lot of good memories I have um, and continue to have watching this movie so here's some facts about the Army of Darkness one The film was originally titled The Medieval Dead. Two, the success of Darkman managed to get Sam Raimi the funding for Army of Darkness. Three, Ted Raimi actually plays three different background characters. Four, Sam Raimi was always trying to get an Army of Darkness sequel, but unfortunately, as you know, it never happened. And five, Sam Raimi did the storyboards to every single shot in the film himself. So now we move on to the controversial Evil Dead from 2013. The film that no one asked for and no one fucking expected. But it happened anyway and thank fuck it did. The film, as I said, was released in 2013 and actually it's not directed by Sam Raimi for once. Instead directed by newcomer Fede Alvarez. And the story is pretty much a standard Evil Dead story by now. The film starts relentlessly already showing how vindictive the deadites are. And basically, they make a father set fire to his own child who's been possessed. And then from there, it just goes fucking mental. The stand- Basically, the standard Evil Dead story continues where five friends go to the cabin where they place a somewhat sort of intervention on the junkie of the group, uh, Maya or Mia, um, however you pronounce the name, played by the amazing, though, Jane Levy, who is... You know, she's basically having none of that shit. But obviously they find the Necronomicon, which is still around. And then one of the mugs of the groups reads it. You know, as you do when you find a book bound in human flesh, covered in barbed wire, you know, you just think, I'm going to read that. There's nothing bad that can come of it. And basically this unleashes absolute pandemonium. Maya is the first one to become possessed and, you know, shit continues to go crazy. Someone cuts their arm off and it goes all floppy and it's fucking gross. Uh, You get needles that go in eyes. You get someone cutting their face off with glass. And then you get someone going mental with a staple gun. You know, you name it, then it happens in this film. And that's most of the film, actually. And then you get the incredible ending. You know, it's such a cool ending to a horror. 
and it's shot insanely well with a ridiculous amount of blood where Mia has to fight off a physical version of the ultimate deadite from the passages of the Necronomicon. And then in this scene, she has to tear her own hand off, which is pull it away from underneath this car, which is, you know, so fucking sick. Um, and and then it, oh, it's just gross. And then it ends up, uh, she ends up chainsawing uh, the demon in half in one of the bloodiest scenes I've ever seen in a horror movie. And it's fucking cool. So in regards to a synopsis of the film, there isn't one really. It's pretty standard. But it's the way that it's done is what makes it special. Like I said at the start, no one asked for this film. And to be honest, I didn't even know what it was happening until they started promoting it. But I'm happy that it did happen because, and I'll talk a little bit more about it later. Um, and also, it's the first Evil Dead film without Bruce Campbell. So it, it shows how good of a job they did if it was still amazing without him. But as I said, I'll talk about a little bit more about it later. And here are five facts about Evil Dead 2013. One, one of the main reasons uh, Freddy Alvarez landed a gig as the director for the film is that he was the only one to go to him to pitch the remake without the Ash character. Two, there is a scene where it rains blood and more than 50 gallons of blood were used. Three, as an Easter egg, Fede Alvarez got the original clock uh, from the first two films and they put it in the hallway. So for diehard Evil Dead viewers, um, it, you know, that's a cool little Easter egg. And obviously in the film, you've got the classic automobile. Four, 95% of the movie was shot in order, which, you know, very rarely happens in movies. And five, Jane Levy was filmed for five minutes straight going fucking crazy for a scene in the movie. And I'm pretty sure I've seen it where it's on the DVD or a Blu-ray, but they set up basically a camera and tell her to go crazy for like five minutes straight, as I say. And, and it's a really cool scene to see, um, you know, her process and her method of getting into character and the different versions of uh, what she did with the character and how it ended up in the movie. And so that is basically what all the Evil Dead movies are about. And I'm not going to talk about Ash versus Evil Dead really because obviously it's a TV show and it's not part of the, the movie universe. But what I will say about Ash versus Evil Dead is that it's amazing. And it is genuinely a brilliant continuation of Ash's story from the Evil Dead. And the programme looks really, really good visually. It's just, it has some amazing kills and it has Ash being basically the best version of Ash that he can be. Bruce Campbell obviously once again reprises his role perfectly. And it's a great show for fans of the franchise. But also it's a great show for newcomers as well. You know, because of the gore and because of the laughs and because of the genuinely fun characters and story. You know, it's a really, really good show and a good follow on. And also, all three seasons are now available on Netflix. So if you haven't seen them, make sure you do, because it's genuinely fucking brilliant. But in regards to the movies, the Evil Dead movies themselves, I've sort of wanted to give you a brief overview of, of what they are, just in case people are listening to this and haven't seen it. 
Um, because if you haven't, you should, because they're some of the greatest films that have ever been made. Um, so I've given you a bit about what they're about and the, and some facts as well, which I hope you enjoyed. But how do I feel about them individually? Well, the, the original Evil Dead to me, out of all of them, is the biggest achievement. But why? I think it's because it wasn't just a big achievement for Sam Raimi as a new director. It wasn't just an achievement for Bruce Campbell being a new actor. And it wasn't just an achievement of what it created through the special effects or the achievement of being just overall a brilliant horror film. But it was how it achieved being one of the most influential films of all time. Not just in horror, but I mean in film history. You know, on paper, this it could have easily have been a straight-to-video piece of shit that, that followed suit from so many others of these types of films in this genre. But you had a director that had a vision, and like very rare, rarely people did, you know, in horror at that time. You know, the shots that he and the team managed to achieve in that film are still to this day, you know, they blow my mind. Um... And, you know, there's scenes where the camera is throwing through the woods and through the water and through the cabin. You know, it's all achieved by, quite frankly, just renegade filmmaking and attaching equipment, you know, that's rented um, to pieces of timber and chucking them there and here and there and everywhere. Uh, you know, to this day, it's still some of the best looking shots in cinema history. You know, the film in its entirety works so well because of how you know, much effort went into making this movie with very little money at their disposal. And that's why to this day, it is still one of the most and best successful independent films ever made. So then as for Evil Dead 2, I mean, it's another film in the series that basically nails what it's trying to achieve. You know, as far as I'm concerned, yes, it is a remake of the first one because it's so much like the original and follows basically the same story that it's mad that people think it might not be. It's essentially just the first one with a bigger budget. But what it does with the story and the extra elements is incredible. Ash is more of the main character in this movie, as we know. You know, the other characters are really more supporting than they were in the first Evil Dead which really helps Bruce Campbell become the Ash that we all know and love. His character has been taken basically to the next level in this movie. And he goes as cheesy as you can get, or to as evil as you can get in that film. You know, it's filled with not only, obviously, a lot of blood, but some truly hilariously dark comedy moments. You know, the scenes that involve Ash looking into the mirror and seeing his own reflection before it attacks him, or the freaky deer on the wall and the lamp and the objects around, you know, coming alive and laughing at Ash. Or him cutting his own hand off and then hand coming back to life and running around the room. And then the disgusting head that sucks Ash into the different time. You know, at the end of the movie, it truly goes, it truly shows how much work went into this film. Um, but it showed what they were trying to achieve and what they did achieve is another masterpiece and it really is that you know and some people always argue that it is better than the original and you can see why and so many you know people um really connect with this film more than they do with the original and i can't blame them 
but you know we all have our opinions on them but doesn't mean that they're right or wrong that's our opinion and we're entitled to stick by them and then we have the army of darkness you know it's completely different it's crazy it's more of an adventure film than it is a horror film really i mean my kid has not or will she ever see sort of until I think she's ready? She hasn't seen The Evil Dead or The Evil Dead 2 or any of the others really in, you know, related to The Evil Dead. Um, but she has seen The Army of Darkness and she absolutely loves it. And, I re- you know, with Jeff Goldblum, Bruce Campbell is up there on her list as most handsome men. And that sort of shows the level of horror that Army of Darkness is. It is more family friendly and more funny than it is scary you know it does have those sort of jumpy elements and and you know evil dead-esque moments but it is tonally something completely different than the first two but that doesn't mean that it doesn't work at all and it doesn't mean that it's not good because it is it's a fantastic movie and it's a film that I watch a lot and I enjoy every time I do and once again it's visually great you know, directed again by Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell's top of his game in this film. Um, And it should have made him a star, really, that he deserved to be. But obviously Jurassic Park went and fucking ruined that with a shitload of money and essentially making stop motion animation a thing of the past with all the CGI it used. But at least we still have Army of Darkness. And then we have the Evil Dead from 2013, which is one of the biggest shocks I've ever got, basically when watching a film ever, because I never wanted it to happen because it wasn't directed by Sam Raimi and it's not starring Bruce Campbell. So why would anybody who is a fan of the Evil Dead films want to see a film without them? But, I mean, we were completely fucking proven wrong, you know, in a massive way. It is visually stunning. And when you have the films that came before it that look the way, you know, as good as they did and are absolute classics for a reason, it's insane that this film stands out the way that it does. There is so much blood in this film and it really is a treat for horror fans. I mean, if you love horror films, this is the film for you. The story, yes, you know, it's pretty standard but with the odd twist with the whole sort of drug addict intervention thing but it plays out you know, pretty standard. But like I said earlier, what happens in this movie, you know, what they achieved um, is what sets it apart. You know, it is a fucking sick movie in every sense of the way that that word is relevant with a great performance from Jane Levy and has one of the best endings to a horror film ever. And it's so violent and so bloody So it deserves to be part of the Evil Dead movie trilogy and saga and experience because, and actually for a lot of people, it's actually considered the best one out of all of them. Um, You know, I don't don't necessarily agree with that, but as a standalone horror film, if you take it out of the Evil Dead sort of, you know, original trilogy, it's definitely up there as one of the best horrors. And I genuinely, truly love it. So that's my opinion on the Evil Dead films that have been released so far. But guess what? 
there's a new one coming out. It's called Evil Dead Rise, which is scheduled for uh, the release in 2022. And to be honest, I've stayed out of the loop of it on purpose for now. Um, and I don't really know anything about it, apart from the fact that I know that it finished filming recently. Um, but I'm I'm happily reserving my judgment, basically, until I see it. because, And I will obviously see it 100% for sure. But like with Evil Dead 2013... I, you know, I went into that one almost hating it already for not being what I wanted it to be. But then when I came out, I could do nothing but love it. So I, you know, I hope that this one gives me the same feeling. I hope that I'm pleasantly surprised by this new one. You know, I don't really know anything about the director or what he's done before. I don't really know much about the cast. So it for me, it's say, it feels very reminiscent of uh, the other 2013 Evil Dead film so all we can do is hope that it's not a letdown for the series because so far really hands down you can say that it's got to be one of the best franchises out there for consistency you know the first one is a classic and it's influential the second one is a classic and incredibly creative and the third one is just a thrill ride of adventure and horror mixed together and then as I say the newer one um, from 2013 is a, is just a proper all-out fucking horror film that's relentless. So part of me is very much so looking forward to the new Evil Dead Rise movie. So all we can do is hope that it doesn't let us down. So if you've got this far into the podcast, and obviously I hope you have, and if you have, thank you, you know, and I really do mean that, but then you're probably thinking I, I haven't spoken about what is arguably the most important element to the original Evil Dead trilogy, and that's Bruce Campbell. You know why haven't I spoken about him much? Well, I'm going I'm going to now, so just you know shut the fuck up basically. But also I didn't want to speak too much about him because Bruce Campbell is such a legend in his own right that I may even do a podcast all about him in the future. So I don't want to give you all my thoughts on this absolute legend now. But what I will say is that from the second Evil Dead movie, we really get Bruce Campbell being Bruce Campbell as Ash and creating a personality that is larger than life and has gone on to be one of the greatest men and movie characters that has ever lived. You know, in all time, of cinema history not just in regards to the character of ash um as i say in in cinema history but for bruce campbell the man in real life you know he brings so much energy and receives so much pain as the character of ash that there is no one else and i mean no one else that could play him like bruce campbell did or as well as he did you know in the first evil dead movie um most of the characters are sort of in line or on the same level as the others it's just, you know, Bruce Campbell's the one that survives. But as I say, from the second one, you know, is where Ash becomes the main character. And that is solely driven by how amazing Bruce Campbell is. You know, very rarely do you see a performance on screen like you do in Evil Dead 2 and the physicality of what Bruce Campbell had to put into that role. You know, and the physicality that he's continued to put into his roles going forward. It's all unprecedented. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not really going to go into 
his other roles and that he's played. And I'm not going to go into, you know, how basically he's the fucking G and how I wish he was my dad. And to be honest, there's a 100% chance he's probably slept with everyone's mum. But in regards to the Evil Dead films or the TV series, he is the driving force behind what makes you drawn into these movies. As much as the visuals do, without Bruce Campbell playing Ash, I don't think Evil Dead films or the franchise would have ever continued the way that it did and continues to do so. And that's a Bruce Campbell fact. And that is basically that. That's sort of my overview and my thoughts on one of the best and most consistent franchises in horror movie history. Um, They are all so important to, as I say, not just horror, but movies in general, you know, with the way that they're directed, the way that they look, visuals, special effects-wise, you know, performance-wise, they are so important and so integral to history of movies that that's why I felt that it's so important to talk about them because not only are they amazing, but I think they're amazing and I have so many amazing conversations with everybody about this franchise so why not do something about it so that's what this podcast is all about so as I said earlier if you've stayed through it all thank you very much normally I do a review uh, at at this point but it's actually been a bit of a longer podcast um, in regards to the 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 things I've been talking about. So um, I've decided to not add a review in this podcast because I still currently have and obviously will continue to have on our new YouTube channel. So just make sure you're going to the Let's Talk Horror channel on YouTube. Just search for it and it, hopefully it'll come up. Um, we've got the Halloween Kills review on there and my thoughts on that Uh, I'm not going to tell you them because I'd love you to go and watch a video and also I I still to be honest I still haven't got a fucking idea and I was having this conversation about three hours ago with somebody how they still don't even know and it's so interesting to speak to people again and it's been ages that I've felt this way about film normally you'll go into a film and or watch be at home watch a film and you'll go that was really good or you go that was shit well I know I do I very rarely have like it in the middle so it's so interesting to see so many people be on the fence about a film again um so yeah I won't do a review on this but go check out our new YouTube channel and then you'll see uh, my review of Halloween Kills. And hopefully I will be putting a new review up there soon. But obviously one of the things I always talk about and, and I am going to talk about. So just, you know, deal with it. Um, is uh, all of our social media content. Um, because I, I love it. I... I'm updating daily and having amazing conversations with everybody on the platform we use most, which is Instagram. And if you are listening to this and you aren't following us yet, make sure you do go over to our Let's Talk Horror um, channel Instagram page and follow us for updates um, and, and get, make sure you're getting involved. Um, 
with the page and getting involved with the community uh, around it because it's so much fun. Um, but there's been a lot going on. Um, obviously, I did a uh, our first sort of proper Instagram live where um, I was sort of discussing uh, with everyone about what was going on with the channel, uh, what we're going to be sort of doing, you know, now and for the future and what I'd like to add and what I think you guys can help add to the channel. But also it was really good because I opened it up for um, any questions that anybody had for me. And um, as frantic it, as it sort of was at points, it was so much fun to do because people were asking me legit questions that quite honestly I wasn't prepared for. And um, I couldn't really give answers on some of them because some of the questions would be like, what's your favourite horror movie? And I can't answer that because I just don't know. But it was hilarious to try and think about that for the moment and then realise I just I just couldn't. Um, so I really enjoyed the Instagram live, but that is something that I will be doing at the end of every month. So if, uh, you know, you want to join in, make sure you're on an Instagram uh, page as well, as I say, and at the end of the month, there'll be updates as to when I'm going to be doing it. Um, but please get involved so you can know about what's going on with Let's Talk Horror, but also... Um, get involved with the chat and uh, ask me any questions on there that you want to know about, you know, my view on horror films or the genre in general or anything regarding horror. Um, but one of the things I'm really happy um, that we that I've started doing on this podcast is bringing back um, the Your First Time segment. Um the reason I started this segment, you know, when I first started doing the podcast is because, once again, I started this because I love having these conversations about the best genre of, you know, there is in films, you know, horror. I love having these conversations with people in everyday life anyway. So to be able to talk about it on a podcast is amazing. But to be able to talk about it with so many people all over the world on Instagram and for them to share stories with me about their first experiences with horror has been amazing. So I always enjoyed that segment, which is why um, I've not started it again, so to speak, because I never wanted to get rid of it. But I'm, you know, I'm trying to get, you know, the, the pace picked up back up on, on, on it. So what I did say is, and I've, as I've always said, that if you, um, you know, sending your um, first experiences with a horror movie to our Instagram page, whether it's a comment on the uh, the post or whether it's a direct message, I will do what I can to put it on to the podcast and give you a little shout out, shout out. So um, just, you know, a couple of them um, that we've had so far. Um, so you've got from The Lawn of the Dead. Um, he remembers uh, people having parties with projectors um, you know, before videos, and he, basically he was being scared as a tiny kid by seeing the Night of the Demon at a kid's party, which is mad that that film would be at a kid's party, but then I would be the type of kid that would love that as well, so I'm right with you on that one. Uh, so that's a great memory to have. Um, the Horror Cycle, they remember in the early 1970s, uh, they saw the film The Night Stalkers, um, which was a late movie on ABC and it scared the absolute crap out of them. Um, and from that point on, they were hooked on horror. Uh, then we've also got Matt Thorpe, 
who uh, sent us a message on Instagram, whose first horror film they watched um, was actually House of Wax, the remake, um, which is, you know, interesting as well to me because that's, you know, not a new film, but in regards to horror, it's, you know, still pretty, you know, relevant and new. Um, but obviously has since that film discovered the Vincent Price version, which is actually now his favourite horror. So, yeah, there, there, there has, um, you know, been been contact with me about the, uh, you know, your, your first time segment. Um, and I love these stories that have been sent in. And I love talking to you all about, you know, your first experiences with horror. So the more I get sent in, the more I'm going to try and add onto this podcast as long as it doesn't go on for fucking hours because nobody wants to listen to me go on for fucking hours because I mean I I wouldn't this is long enough right uh so yeah so that's the your first time part of this podcast um yes that's pretty much it you know going forward uh we've got the Instagram page which is always going on and always regularly getting updated uh, we've got the Your First Time segment, which i just done, which, you know, will be updated on the Instagram page again when you can sort of um, put in uh, your details of, of, of your first experiences with horror. We've got the Instagram lives at the end of every month. Every month, obviously, you'll be getting one of these podcasts. I can't tell you what the next one is about, but stay tuned for the updates. Uh, and we've also got um, the YouTube channel that I've already mentioned now, uh, which I'm hoping obviously to to upload as many sort of different videos that I can. And I've started the channel really because I want to try and upload everything I can to it horror related um, that I think you would all sort of enjoy. Uh, I know I enjoy it. So I hope you do too. So make sure you go to that channel and subscribe. That's at the Let's Talk Horror channel on YouTube. And then also one of the other little things I'm looking forward to is uh, I'm going to be starting on the Instagram page, uh, little sort of one minute videos of Let's Talk Horror recommends. And once again, that will be something that we here recommend to you all as horror movie lovers. And it will be, you know, anything throughout existence and time. And it can be of, you know, anything, a film, a book, music, anything whatsoever that I think that you will like that's horror related, I will be uploading um, those to the Instagram page. And as I say, they're just going to be short little videos. And I really hope you enjoy them. I hope you get something from them. Um, because what we recommend to you is something that, as I said, we think that you could potentially and hopefully really enjoy. And it sheds a little bit light on that, whatever it is that we, uh, we upload on it. So yeah, there has been a lot going on uh, for Let's Talk Horror. Um, and there will continue to be a lot more going on. Um, but I really, as you know, and as I say at the end of every podcast, I really do love doing these and I really hope you will give me a reason to keep doing these. So make sure you do listen to this podcast um, and make sure you do follow us on Instagram. Make sure you do subscribe to the YouTube channel. And um, I really hope you enjoy the content I'm putting out and continue to put out. And if you have any suggestions uh, and you just want to get in contact with me and have a chat, um, then then please do, because I love horror films and I love having these conversations with you. 
So once again, thank you so much. If you've listened right to the end, you're all amazing. You're all legends. And all I can say to my guys and creeps and ghouls and everyone out there, just stay creepy.